Welcome to The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha Bhushan, and this is your oasis for strengthening your mental and emotional fitness, no matter what life tosses your way. I am so excited you're here. Just like you, I wear many hats. I'm a former dentist turned author and serial entrepreneur, currently a mom of two, and a recovering perfectionist. Every week, we'll navigate brave conversations to support your evolution at every season and stage of your life. Raw and unfiltered, we'll explore all the feels as we unpack life's unpredictable moments, from the playful to the painful, the magical and the messy, and everything in between this epic human experience. You ready? Let's dive in. Hello, hello, Brave Table fam. Welcome to another episode of The Brave Table. I'm your host, Dr. Neetha. And today is a very, very, very special episode. Oh my goodness. I cannot believe that we have hit our 52nd episode. That's right. We are episode number 52. And this one is extra special. I've got my rosé in my hand. And we are talking about welcoming my next decade. That's right. I am a July baby and I just had a birthday. By the time this is releasing, I would have already entered my 40th year. And wow, wow, how incredible for me it is and such an honor that I get to share it with you all. And I get to share it in a place and a space where it brings back so many incredible memories. And it's been 20 years, get this, 20 years since I were to first step foot inside of Europe. And I'm welcoming 40 with some grit, (laughs) some resilience, some sass, some love, and all of the reasons to not just be grateful, but also as I compiled a very special list for you all. And usually around my birthday, I use it as my personal new year to really reflect on... And I have a whole process and that's another podcast episode, but it's a whole process of how I reflect back to myself on the things that have gone well, the things that haven't gone well. And I'll be honest, I used to be very, very, ooh, I want to say strict. And maybe that's not really the word, but I was such a commitment for my daily practices, my own spiritual practices around reflection, around journaling. And with baby number two, it has shifted into, you know, a different way of reflection. And I don't know for the moms in the room listening, how you've managed to honor that for yourself. But for me, a lot of my practice was around writing and a lot was around, you know, journaling and that it was really my reprieve. And with this book, many of you know that I'm writing my next book. I had to do things a little bit differently and I had to, you know, really reckon with myself of what I was able to truly and honestly commit to. And it wasn't going to look like how it looked like in the past. And, you know, for those of you 
who are entering a different season of life or maybe a next chapter. Maybe you're welcoming your first child, second, third, or who knows what, or maybe you're an empty nester. And the things that used to call to you beforehand is now just evolving and changing. It's okay to grieve that. And it's also okay to celebrate it as well. And for me... I used to have these really big, you know, journals and every year around my birthday, <laughs> I would get a brand new journal. Now, some people get it at the tide or turn of the year. I would get it around my birthday because every single year would commemorate a new beginning. So shout out to new beginnings. And this is a very, very new decade for me. And I'm so excited I get to take you into this portal of all of the things, the lessons that I've learned and what I'm no longer taking with me into this new decade and how I feel not just super juicy and, you know, youthful and sexy and really owning who I am unapologetically. I know many of you have listened to me use the word unapologetic and I truly mean it, you know, and to have the audacity in ourselves to be bold and to step into to that power, it takes courage, it takes bravery. And I want to first start by honoring the woman who I was at 20. I mean, honestly, it's this was the beginning of, you know, reclaiming myself. It was the ode to my becoming. It was really for me stepping into my power and fully entering my 20s in Europe. So this was actually the year that you know my father had died he had died a year before when i was 19 and i was just done i mean i was just i was so i was done i was i had lost my mother and my brother years before and this was all this all happened within a span of 5 years and i just wanted to get away you know get away from honestly from tragedy and death i'm like i need some laughter and love like can i just get like a regular romance in my life because things have been really hot and heavy and not the hot and heavy kind that you know normal 19 20 year olds would face this was a lot of death it was a lot of darkness. It was a lot of me sacrificing. And, you know, I had to button everything up and save face. And my poor, you know, shout out to my grandmother and my bua and my other aunt, Mama Chi, who were just doing the best that they could to be there for Vinay and I, my brother. And I so badly wanted to study abroad. And I begged and I pleaded to go. And, you know, both my bua, who's my dad's sister and my grandmother, like they laid on the guilt trip thick. I mean, it was lathered and layered and layered. I mean, that guilt trip was so thick. And they layered it on so badly, but I was relentless. You know how when you get something in your head and you're like, there's no way I'm not turning back. I'm not turning back. This was like my soul's calling. You know, I recall that I didn't get to go away to college because during my senior year, when I was applying to all of these, you know, amazing colleges, my brother, DJ, suddenly died of an asthma attack in front of his school. And it was, you know, really traumatic. It took me years, years, years of healing before I could even speak about it without getting fully choked up. Uh, and it was my senior year of high school. And honestly, this time, this was two years, three years later, 
I wasn't taking no for an answer. I was dreaming, okay, dreaming to be away from the thick, sad cloud of grief hovering over my life or what it seemed like forever. And so I applied. I applied to the study abroad program. It was Loyola University. Shout out to Loyola. I went to actually Loyola University in Chicago and they have a Loyola Marymount. Funny enough, I used to live in Playa Vista, right next to Loyola Marymount. And so crazy. And there's another chapter of Loyola because it's a Jesuit school and it was in Roma, Italia. And I was like, okay, if I get in, this is it. This is going to be for me. And of course, I made my case that I needed this, you know, on my resume for dental school, which was like half true. for the ladies that be my grandmother and my aunt but my my soul was just longingly like longingly desiring to breathe the european air which was freedom and honestly not having to take care of a single soul except for myself for once in my life remember i became a child caretaker at 10 years old so for an entire decade i did not know what it meant to have a choice to have a voice and this was that beginning for myself and so there it was roma italy and it was june of God, I don't know how many years. Yeah, 20 years ago in June. I'm like trying to do the math. And I tasted freedom on so many levels. Freedom of having my first sip of alcohol. I know I was late to the game. But you know, when you have parents dying of cancer, I mean, that's the least thing that you're really thinking about, right? And I had my own little eat, pray, love journey. You know, this back to the core of my essence, my being. I had my first taste of what it felt like to be living in a dorm room with other roommates. I had tasted the freedom of going to a concert and not having to worry about anybody passing away or getting that like thump phone call. Shout out to back in the day when you had like Motorola razors <laughs> because I totally had one of those. And it was where I discovered stoicism. Marcus Aurelius, like he was like my, he was like on my posters in my room, in the bunk bed. There was no AC in my dorm while taking Roman art history class with students from literally all parts of the globe. And since then I've learned... Since that very beautiful, divine, delicious, juicy trip to Italy, and when I had some shenanigans all over Italy, I mean, it was just a trip of a lifetime. And really understanding how the global world works and how there was so much more to life than just being in my tiny, you know, little big city town of Chicago. I vowed to make Europe my destination in the summers. And this was, you know, to rekindle this homage that I really planted for myself. You know, this bliss, this discovery, this awe, this wonder, play, you know, back to my heart of just pure joy and irreverence for anything except for myself. And I kept that commitment for now close to 20 years. I mean, of course, there were years in the mix of having babies. And, you know, even when, gosh, Ari was like eight months old, we still were in Europe that summer that he was, you know, born. We skipped a couple of years, you know, recently. 
But honestly, visiting different parts each summer for either work, for research. And I even vowed to myself to try and manifest and really work towards even building a career that would allow me to do it. Whether it was in dentistry or I was consulting for a little bit at the time, I had so many different ventures but I wanted to make sure my summers were kept for that sort of exploration. And now, honestly, we're back here with my children. We're in Estonia for a month. And I mean, it's really amazing, cute medieval town. And it looks, it's like Christmas. Seems like it, at least. It's like gingerbread houses on steroids. It is just the most cute town. I don't know if I'd want to be here during Christmas time because there's only like a few hours of daylight in in the winter. But now where the sun sets at like 1130 and I mean, the sun rises at like three in the morning. It's just bananas. And so I'm going to just go through my whole list of, you know, lessons and things. And I wanted to just share it with you all. Now, for those of you tuning in for the very, very first time, you know, I was born as a multicultural Pinai Indian. So a little bit of that flip desi, multiracial. And my mom had a strong faith in the Catholic religion. And my dad had a really strong faith in the Hindu and Sikh traditions because he was born Hindu Punjabi. And so we grew up with a lot of faith. We grew up with a lot of spirituality and just being exposed to all kinds of ways to pray and just have that sense. My mom really wanted us to go to, you know, Catholic school. And my dad was just really, really open to all kinds. And he wanted us to make that decision for ourselves. And I'm so grateful for that. And to my late mom for holding me in her tummy long enough to get to the hospital over the 4th of July weekend, even though I was six and a half weeks pre-me. And I was honestly supposed to be a Leo, but the universe had different plans for me. And number four, for my curious researcher-like essence that has never stopped questioning and has allowed me to reinvent myself continuously, like a boss. And God, for the losses that I've experienced, you know, losing my immediate family, I've experienced the souls of my parents. And my brother DJ, we were 16 months apart. And through my global family in every part of the world, I am grateful for everything that I've learned, for all of the angels and challengers that seemingly have come into my life for guidance, for cadence, for pace, shaping me into the person who I've truly become. And whether it was learning a little bit about what I no longer tolerate, or if it's learning even more of who I need to really step into for all of the partners and friends that came through me in various seasons of life while we may not be in touch. I want to thank you for my greatest expansion, healing, and full integration of my becoming for all of the seasons of adversity where I thought it was I was never going to see the end of it and lessons of resilience. Honestly, this has become my life's work in shaping people like you, leaders, the next generation of leaders, lady bosses to embrace their emotional health and their grit. And number nine, that my soul was born in the skin through this amazingly fleshy body and with this face to connect, lessen barriers and shine light with others across the globe that I get to encounter and inspire countlessly with the humans that I get to meet and serve love to. You guys know the 
this is my jam. This is my one of my top values that we, Ajit and I, we breathe into every single day. For the countless of messages and emails that I receive daily about speaking up, speaking out, and people sharing their story, maybe it's for the first time. Maybe it's because I've shared mine and I've allowed you to now share yours, especially my fam from Asian and South Asian communities. This is for you, for immigrant communities to be brave and bold and unapologetic. For my pack of Filipino Indian lionesses that I was raised with, you know, I was so lucky to have been raised by my bua, my aunt, my mama chi, my grandmother, mama Femi, my godmother. We've all butted heads throughout the years and on so many occasions, but I've been so grateful that I was taught about, you know, work ethic, hard work ethic, and how much more needs to be done for this generation in shattering the slogan, log kya kenge, which is what will people say in Hindi? Now, number 13, I became this quote unquote perfect daughter, right? This head of a household, raised my brother, became a dentist, followed all the rules, was so conventional, joined the first marriage club, worn many hats, and honestly, followed my passions through serial entrepreneurship, angel investing, seeing the potential in humans and really lifting them up to their greatest gifts in big capacities. And now as a mom of two, unraveling it to include being, again, unapologetic in your evolution of whatever that may look like. And I know many of you listening have started out as well as this perfect daughter or perfect son, and you are unraveling what that means to you. And honestly, it's okay to sit in wild discomfort in a season, particular season of your life, yet also be in a state of joy at the end of each evening. Thanks to my kids for this great lesson. Now, for those of you who don't know, I was born and raised in Chi-Town, the city of grit, the melting pot of love in the Midwest, hospitality of gold, appreciating diversity at its core and loving that I'm the gatherer and connector for so many communities. Now, for my multicultural extended Filipino Indian family where I embrace my punsit, halo halo, piano competitions, ballet, bongo practices, and strolling on Devon Street. Shout out Chicago with the windows down and Bollywood tunes blaring as an ABCD. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's American Born Confused Desi. Oh, we're going back to when I was 14 years old. You know, it's really contributed to how I long for diversity in many aspects of my life and how I'm so committed to making sure that when there are people that are new to our communities, you know, and if you are that gatherer, if you are that person, you know what it feels like to be on the outside. You know what it feels like to be the, the odd one out. And I try to make sure that even dinner parties that I'm hosting or people bringing other people to events, that they feel included, that they feel that they're being heard, that their voice is being heard, no matter on what level, because I've just been so grateful to have been born and raised in a melting pot in a city where there was so much inclusion. And... Moving on to number 16, that despite being an orphan at 19, I made my first million at 29 and mustered the courage to get divorced, realizing that money isn't everything and that your spirit and your joy and your freedom to choose 
is priceless. And that is a big keepsake that I keep with me. For my deepest valleys and darkest days, to appreciate my highest peaks and falling deeply in love with me, desires, wants, needs, and self-acceptance. And to witness so many family members and loved ones passing through some really tough moments in their life. And to realize the state of our emotions, the state of our well-being, the state of our emotional resilience is this great gift in this lifetime and the reconciliation of the two. And which is why I'm so passionate about really helping you all understand the gravity of our emotions and to be able to say things out loud, as my girlfriend Vasavi says, but also to not keep grudges, to be able to clear it, to be able to integrate some of the sucky human moments that we all go through. And number 19, being okay with not being okay for myself, surrounding others with other amazing queens who I look up to, who inspire me, who I get to inspire, where, you know, you just have friends who you may not have spoken to them in like years, but you just pick up where you left off, where... They're just as committed and crazy in making a dent in the universe like you are, but they do it with so much play and humor and sass and just delicious supportive love, contributing to making me a better human. And I'm a better human because I'm around you. And so I'm honoring you queens, you know who I'm talking about every day. To be able to experience deep diving in the adventurous side of myself, a hundred feet in the blue hole of Belize, to a shipwreck in Bali, to Darwin's Galapagos Islands, to the remote Sipadon in Brunei and the Red Sea of Egypt, because my kids may not be able to. <sighs> yeah, those were some of the most magical trips to be able to dive in all of these remote places of the world. Number 23, I'm a forever student in this game of life. And 24 is for my team that allows me to serve from the remotest parts of the world and that my love for comedy and inspiring myself to be boundless and honestly forgive me when I may fall short as a leader, that every day is a new day and that every day we're learning just a little bit more. And to create a global community where you all get to be audaciously resilient in your quest to be better than the days prior, creating boundaries and non-negotiables for yourself. For my teachers and my healers and my advisors and my own coaches, my therapists, people who I have trusted on in these last few decades of healing for challenging me, cracking me open, for lifting my weight, and for always pushing me to have that balance between being and becoming. For this epic journey of grace, <laughs> as a nomad before for a year and a half, I want to say nine months, but it was actually a year and a half. And to really incorporate and celebrate those moments where I was nomadic and how it really contributed to the lifestyle that I lead now in the suburbs, with a home, with my kids. And I never, ever thought that that would be possible. I never, ever thought that somebody like me who loved and was in a different country literally almost every week, you know, went from that to then having my first son in LA and, you know, sitting in that quiet lifestyle and now, you know, in Texas. I mean, to be able to celebrate the journey in your life and to celebrate the different phases and the stages of your life. And honestly, to never 
say never because (laughs) there were times where I said, never would I ever be living in a very remote area and not in the city and never say never, right? To have experienced many different experiences of healing in non-traditional, non-Westernized medicine through plants and psychedelics. That has probably been a greatest gift, being around shamans who are so reverent to the practice of shamanism, plant medicine, and expanded altered states of experiences really have shown me how to connect with the afterworld, to show me how to connect with my parents, my brother, and those angels and guides that have always just been there surrounding me and how powerful that transformation can become and where our capacities can lie in the mystic wonders of our soul. And for my appetite and exploration, diving into that sensuality and sexuality and that different season of relationships to really lead me to my dynamic partner, Ajit, my co-pilot, my co-lead, the person that has always been the number one fan. I salute you and it's because of you, of where I am, who I am today because of you and for all of our deep conversations. When I was afraid to step into a greater vision of myself, you've always been there to be that bridge. So thank you. And number 32, working endlessly on myself. And every day, this is another ode to my partner, but for those of you who have been through loss and breakup and heartbreak, I wish that the work that you're doing on yourself, I know, what I know for sure is that the work that you're doing on yourself is going to lead you to somebody much greater. And you may not know it now, you may not see it now, but trust me, they're coming. Trust me that they are on their way. And every person that you meet before them is just getting you just a little bit more prepared for that amazing person that you're meant to be with in your life. To my solid rocks, Mama Chi. Oh man, you guys, Mama Chi, she was my rock. She passed away a couple years ago. She was one of my my female lionesses on my mother's side, on the matriarchs and her spirit, her legacy, her lady boss empowerment. I mean, she is the ultimate queen when it comes to being able to take care of our family. And I am standing or maybe sitting right now before you because of her. So honoring my Mama Chi and can't believe it's been five years since we've lost her. But I know that with everything that I do, it's because of her. And she was a Leo lioness and bold and tiny. She was 4'10". And she always, we called her Mama Cheetah and she loved her cheetah prints and she always wore her hats as well. If I find a picture, I'll definitely put it up so that you guys can see it. But she's always been cheering in my corner and so has my pseudo parents, Boo and Uncle Glenn. And honestly, you know, it's because of them that I didn't lose myself during those deep, dark times. And I'm so grateful that number 34, I get to choose this life and architect this playground and dance in the fullness of the present. And I'm grateful that I was bored on July 5th, honored to share paths and moments of inspiration and nuggets of love. And what I've learned is that to suffer is a choice. Joy is a choice and not needing the lesson of the suck is also a choice. Many times we think that, oh, we're doing the work, we're taking personal responsibility, and we need to find the lesson in the suck immediately. And I want to just remind you that sometimes you don't need that lesson right away. 
Number 37. My 20s were all about people pleasing. I mean, I was the people pleasing champion. My 30s have been all about self-discovery and healing. In my 40s, I'm entering this new era, this decade of being 100% unapologetic and how I show up and who specifically I'm sharing space with. Number 38, reclaiming and attuning to my nervous system as a spiritual practice. Thank you to my children for this gift. And 39, choosing my husband every single day and loving him and rediscovering who he is becoming every day. Honestly, it's the truest art form. And that is where the juicy is. Now, 40. <laughs> I've always been an extrovert, loving big group gatherings. And honestly, I still do. But there's something in sharing depth and deep wisdom, deep shared soul vibes with those that radically celebrate your essence, your being, and how you show up in the world. And honestly, in this decade, I'm choosing to be around more of these humans every single day. You all know who you are. And lastly, because there's always this good luck. So number 41, Ari and Isla, you both are the greatest teachers I can ever ask for in emotional management, regulation, and being the curious seekers that teach me to rediscover myself every day. I thought I met my edge of discovery, but having you both in my life as my little wizards, I've entered a constant game of growth, expanding into and stretching into the most discomforting edges and corners I never, ever thought possible. Thank you. And wow, you guys, I am just beyond grateful that I have you all as this growing community. Thank you for celebrating with me on 40 years. What a time to be alive. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for writing your reviews, sending your comments in at The Brave Table on Instagram, at Neetha Bushin on Instagram. And my greatest gift that you can do for myself as we are embarking on this 52nd episode is if you haven't left a review yet, please go ahead and leave a review on Spotify, on iTunes, wherever you get your podcast from. It helps so, so much to get the word out. And I cannot thank you enough for granting this birthday wish to have over a hundred reviews. And we are still going strong. And I'm so grateful that you've shared this with a friend, you've shared this with a colleague. And if you haven't yet and you feel compelled to, go ahead and share it with somebody that needs to be a little bit more brave. I will see you next time on The Brave Table. <laughs>